Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. A little different order this week. That's just kind of how it goes with the scheduling stuff. But uh, this is the main lineup, except for no Brooks Nuanas. He uh, was out this week. A little NFL time in, but he's on the road most of the week. So uh, he'll be back next week. But Ty Gregorak, Andrew Houghton, Big Sky Conference plays upon us. A uh, bunch of primetime games. Andrew and I go through the whole schedule to get you all set up. And then Coach Ty and I break down. Uh, several of the key matchups in the league, including the two top 10 matchups, one in Moscow between Sac State and Idaho, and then one in Ogden, Utah between Montana State and Weber State. We also touch pretty heavily on Montana at Northern Arizona and give thoughts on the rest of the Big Sky Conference opening weekend. Appreciate all of our fine sponsors at SkylineSportsMT.com. You're going to hear from all of them throughout the rest of uh, this show Particularly appreciate Town Pump keeping us fueled up all season long. They'll be sending us down to Ogden. They'll be sending us up to Moscow. And uh, couldn't do without them. Brawl the Wild by the Mile back for yet another year. We'll get this started. Andrew Houghton, all the way around the Big Sky Conference. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. We do have Ty Gregorak. We do have Andrew Houghton. And we do have Big Sky Conference play. Open it up this weekend. Uh, year 9 at Skyline covering the Big Sky Conference. Year 17 for yours truly, Coulter Nuanas, between the 9 at Skyline and uh, then a variety of other stops in newspapers and uh, a bunch of other multimedia and traditional print endeavors. I uh, just can't quit the Big Sky Conference. It, 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 there's a lot of mystique and lore to it. Part of it's just because there's so many great fans and uh, such great fan bases at both Montana and Montana State. But also we've been uh, proud to expand a little bit and uh, cover the rest of the league. And there's a lot of great stories going on. And, and I think right now, definitively, the Big Sky Conference is the best conference in FCS football. Now, can you be the best conference in FCS football without a true national champion? That's the next and last step for the Big Sky. The Big Sky has caught up to and I think surpassed the Missouri Valley Football Conference in terms of depth, but can you be uh, the true kings of the hill without a, a national championship? What do you think, Andrew? Andrew Houghton joining us here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. There's there's no question that the most good teams Absolutely. in the country reside in the Big Sky Conference, but the two best teams in the country still at least in terms of the polls right now, do not reside in the Big Sky Conference. So how do you sort of balance these two? Uh, it's something I think about a lot. You're right? absolutely right. The Big Sky is going to have more teams in the playoffs than any other conference. They're going to have more seeds probably than any other conference in the country. But they are still yet to take that last step, and we were so close to it in Brookings a couple weeks ago when Montana State falls just short of knocking off number 1 South Dakota State. You can argue right now that the Big Sky Conference is the is the best conference in the FCS. If Montana State wins that game, the Big Sky Conference absolutely is the best conference in the FCS. But there are still multiple steps. I mean, Missouri Valley Conference has the defending national champion. That's right. And they have... Then they've won the one the nine before that. 
Or I guess 9 out of 10 before that. And those two teams are currently two of the three what I think are real national title contenders in the country. So you can absolutely make the argument still for the Missouri Valley Football Conference. That's why marquee game of the week this week, Sac State at Idaho, because can one of those teams take the step up and now you have two real national title contenders in the Big Sky Conference to go along with South Dakota State and North Dakota State. We'll get into the details of all that, but do you believe if Sac State was to go on the road and win in the Kibbe Dome in Moscow convincingly that they are a true national title contender, or is that too fast to say? Because here we, we know this. We are advocates of Sacramento State on, at Skyline Sports a lot more than a lot of the other sort of uh, pundits around. Part of that's because so much of the commentary and conversation about the Big Sky comes from fans yep. and fan podcasts. And so every fan podcast out there says, Ha ha ha! Sac State went thirty-one and one, and they're twenty-three and one in the last three years in the Big Sky, and they have one playoff win. I get that. I also get though that they've gone twenty-three and one in the last three years in the Big Sky. That's one of the the better runs of the last twenty twenty-five years. So if Sac goes and wins in Moscow, what do you think? Still, to be I wouldn't be there yet, just because we've seen North Dakota State and South Dakota State just be steamrollers of death in December and January for so long, and I mean it really is. Until you beat one of those teams, I've got to assume that you're a level below, that you're not going to be able to get it done in Fargo in the semifinals in the last week of December. My fiancé thinks I'm crazy because last night I once again, I believe for the third time on replay and the fourth time overall, watched the Montana State-South Dakota State game. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just watched the second half. First and foremost, I went to it to try to find where Tommy Malott got hurt. I couldn't find it still. I could I could see like the the post when he got hurt when they kept showing him on the sidelines limping around and stuff, but I didn't actually see the hit. I think it might have actually happen in the first half. So still a little mystery there. But I also just wanted to actually do the thing where you fast forward through everything, but then you actually take the plays back and just watch yeah, yeah. formations and alignments and stuff like that. South Dakota State has so much freaking talent. Their offense gets all the headlines because Mark Gronowski is such a stud at quarterback. Isaiah Davis is going to the league at running back. The Yankee Twins are proven commodities. Zach Hines is probably getting drafted too at tight end. They got three All-American offensive linemen, or I guess three All-Conference offensive linemen, two All-American offensive linemen. But it's their defense that really, I mean, they got so many dudes. Adam Bach wasn't playing in that game, right? And they still have so many linebackers and safeties that just bang. Their depth on the defensive line is tremendous. So, I don't know, man. I thought the Cats looked really good in that game, and they should have won that game. And I still don't know if that actually defines them as the better team. I mean, South Dakota State is just so impressive. They have no holes on their roster yep. whatsoever. And uh, they they can beat you multiple ways, right? right? As we sort of saw when Gronowski had to throw the ball a little bit in the second half of that game. So you, what, what, what's this is your what for you covering the Big Sky Conference now? You've you've been on and off at Skyline for five years, I think. And then you were doing it for the Montana Cayman for at least a couple, right? For a year, for a football uh, a, season. A football season. But and then, then you had the, two so, at Idaho State Journal. Right, okay. So so, so I, I guess I count it, the big sky so, solidly says 2018, because that's you started at Sky in 2018, you had two years at the Idaho State Journal. So five years there, one with the Cayman, then you're hiatus in Cartersville, Georgia. So we'll call it six years, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. What's the most stark change that you've seen in the league over that six or seven years? Because I can tell you definitively what mine has been, but obviously 17 years is a much larger sample size. You're going to see a lot of changes in two decades. That's an interesting question. For me, it's sort of twofold, and it is the loss of invincibility of the Montana the Montana Grizzlies. Totally. And it's also the rise of the California teams, right. Sac State and UC Davis. Yep. I think that's, those are both really good. 
I think the thing that's been interesting is the domination of first the Grizz and the style they were playing in the 2000s. Yep. And then North Dakota State completely made the Big Sky had one of the most defined identities of any conference in the country at any level of D1 football, particularly in the in the 1AA era, right? 1978 on. From 1978 through, I would say, the early 2000s, the Big Sky was home to these sweet quarterbacks. Yep. They were throwing for 10,000 yards in their careers. I mean, you talk about Walter Payton Award winners. There's multiple from Idaho. There's one from Montana. There's one from Northern Arizona. There's all these different quarterbacks. J.B. Martin at Weber State. The Big Sky was on the forefront of the run and shoot, the spread, all these sort of things. It's sort of kind of akin to the column that you wrote a couple weeks ago at Skyline Sports. You guys can go check it out, skylinesportsmt.com. Just scroll down a little bit. That just has a Houghton uh, tag on the front of it. Because Montana ran the ball out of everybody's throats on the way to 12 straight Big Sky titles, but realistically, with that style, I would say nine Big Sky titles. Because they were throwing the rock all over the place until about 2000, 2001. Yep, yep. But 2001 until 2009, those Grizz teams were ground and pound, big offensive lines, blow people off the ball. They just could never finish the deal. They got the 2001 championship, but then they lost in 04, 08, 09. But that sort of was the precursor to then North Dakota State running the ball down everybody's throats. Then South Dakota State say we got to match that. Montana State say we got to match that. And all of a sudden, then the big sky, the, the, the style fundamentally shifted. And then the key powers in the league went away from being the Grizz. Eastern Washington certainly stayed in that same identity. But then you had Montana State and Weber State and all these other schools rising to the forefront. Now the pendulum swung back the other way, though. And it goes back to now like the infamous thing that Bobby Houck tells us every week. Everybody runs everything. Nobody runs anything different than everybody else. I don't necessarily believe all that noise. But I do think that the league, everybody decided to go the NDSU model, the Montana model. And now it's sort of come back around. And now we have a bunch of different diverse styles, I think, around the league. That's why I always compare it to like uh, not so much a pendulum swinging back and forth because it's not something that just happens of its own volition. It reminds me of like, evolution right sure like when you think about the dinosaurs and right how what charles darwin discovered how species evolve they are always trying to get to a better place of course it happens quicker in football than in the natural world but you're always responding to outside influences what is happening around you and all of that dictates your evolution and where you end up being and i you know i wrote a column about this last year the FCS is the level of football where you just cannot stop evolving or you will die. That's right. That's exactly right. And I think that that's where we're at a, a crossroads for a lot of schools in the FCS, especially ones out west. But that's a different conversation for a different day. I'll finish this point by saying I can't be a complete contradictory element to myself because this is actually an extrapolation of an argument that myself and Ryan Tutel had on the radio for an entire NFL football season. It was the year that... All four teams in the NFC West were really good. Yeah. And he was saying the NFC West is the best division in football. And I, I would argue back and say they're the deepest division in football, but you can't be the best division in football if you don't have a team that could actually win the Super Bowl. The Niners hadn't quite gone over the top when we were making this argument. So I just think that's the next step. I think the, the big sky is absolutely definitely the deepest and the one that has the most good teams in it, but I do think that a Big Sky team has to get over the top 
for it to be considered truly the king of the hill in the FCS. This could be the year, though, because I believe that Montana right. State is in that group. I totally agree. Big Sky Breakdown, Andrew Houghton uh, joining us here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdowns, presented in part uh, by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. You, you got a, a busted ankle. We all, we, as you get older, we all got some sort of we injury. We all got problems. Now. We all got some sort of problem. Andrew's got a busted ankle. He's always doing his PT or this rubber band and working it out. And you know, it, it's, it sucks having an injury that, that was a bad one. I got, well, I busted both my ankles. I tore my left knee. I got a bum shoulder. So I've been, I've been just all over the place. You, you overcompensate. You walk funny. You yeah, sit absolutely funny, do, and it you, throws you off completely. Throws everything off, right? So I've been going to Westside Private Gym. Our mutual friend, Kev, he's been working me out. I've been doing the acupuncture. Uh, I didn't even know this. Part of my, my structural problems, I have incredibly tight calves and ankle flexion. And I think that's because... I've been like using those things so much to compensate for all my other injuries, right? Uh, the dry needling, it uh, it it hurts in a, yeah. a beautiful way. I bet it does. It's a crazy sensation, and the uncomfortability is really, really brutal, but also like awesome. And then like the way that you can tell it's healing your body, it's pretty cool. So I don't know. It's not. Maybe, maybe someday you can go in there and get a little dry needle and done. You're doing like you're doing like back to back days though, because yeah, I, I so we don't were, know anything about it. Whether that's like yeah. a good thing to just keep doing it and well, keep doing so it, or we, we, Dr. Kevin is a he's a doctor. He's a doctor of physical therapy and also an expert personal trainer, and uh, he's got me on this whole regime that's all just based on increasing my mobility and flexibility and just getting rid of all the knots in your body. Like you think you got knots in your body. And that's just, oh, it's just part of getting old. Those are actually like little pockets of acidity, basically. And you can rub them out. You can get rid of them. Yeah. And it makes your whole energy feel different. So we did like four weeks of mobility training, flexibility training, all this stuff. Now we're targeting this last really tight area this week. And then we'll move into some more mobility. And then we'll get into the strength block. And uh, it's fascinating. So go check out. WestsidePrivateGym.com or follow Westside Private Gym on Instagram or Facebook uh, for more information. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe someday I'll get you down there for a little dry needling. Maybe someday. I mean, I would be willing to try it for sure. <laughs> totally. Uh, you know, at this point, it's like anything works. I mean, that's what I've been doing the yoga, right? Like <laughs> yeah, just totally. try to get my alignment back in and just feel better, you know? The Big Sky schedule quickly will just give you thoughts on each and every one of the games. I actually think, though, there's two top games. There's two headlining games that are stealing all of the headlines in the league right now, and that's number four, Sac State, at number seven, Idaho. Andrew will be at that one. And then number three, Montana State, at number nine, Weber State. I'll be at that one. So we got the two top ten matchups covered. But here's the rest of the matchups around the league. Cal Poly's at Portland State. Montana's at Northern Arizona. That one's obviously getting a bunch of coverage because it involves the Grizz. Northern Colorado's at Idaho State. And Eastern Washington is at UC Davis. There's a certain element of intrigue to all these games, even if it doesn't actually necessarily have any impact on the postseason race 
it will impact the Big Sky race and the scope of the, the next couple weeks, I think. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting first week of the schedule. You got a ton of teams playing, uh, teams in their bracket, right? Teams in right, their tier, right, right. if we were doing power rankings. Right, like the two bottom teams in the league are Northern Colorado and Idaho State. I would argue that Northern Arizona is worse than Idaho State, but I know uh, what you're saying. Sure, sure. It's just that, I, I guess you could say... That is the game that both of those teams can win. And also, both those teams needs to win yes, to absolutely. certainly assure themselves that they'll get a win in Big Sky Conference play. I do think that it'll get all topsy-turvy, and I think everybody in the league will get a win or two, just depending on who's hurt, who's not, who's on the road, all that sort of stuff. But it, but that's an absolutely winnable game for both teams, and, and that could affect the, the arc of your season just by getting off to a one and start. No, and exactly. Regardless of what happens later in the season, I mean, we're going to see we're going to see injuries. We're going to see crazy stuff happen. What these teams are now is not what these teams are going to be in even a month, but in two months when we're hitting the end of the conference schedule. Totally. Development, injuries, things happen. But yes, but also getting better, right? Every coach absolutely. talks about we got to get better every week. It's way easier to get better every week you when you win. You have to grab the momentum to get things started. And guys listen to you a lot better. They want to practice a lot harder and they want to work on getting better if they win. They believe in it more, right. and that's super huge, I think, particularly for that Northern Colorado-Idaho State game, right, because that's two first-year coaches at those schools. That's also a fascinating dynamic, right, is that there's five first-year coaches in the Big Sky. So it's the first Big Sky game as head coaches for Paul Wolf at Cal Poly. In this iteration, Paul Wolf's coached in the Big Sky before. but So Paul, is Ed Lamb, yeah. yeah. Sure, but in terms of at their schools, Cal Poly's uh, Paul Wolf, uh, Andy Thompson at Sac State, of course, and Mickey Mental at Weber State, and then two first-year head coaches in Ed Lamb and Cody Hawkins going at it. Yeah, and you know, I think that probably it's been a big part of their messaging to this team because we know how big of a rebuild it is at both of those schools. We know those teams weren't going to come into the season looking anything like what they're going to look at the end of the season. And then particularly a couple years from now, if I'm both those coaches, I'm pointing towards this first Big Sky Conference game, particularly because it is that matchup. It's a matchup that you have a chance to win if you're both of those teams. But also just, you know, we're we're trying to build. We're trying to grow in the non-conference. This is where I want things to be put into action. This is where we start playing for real. This is where we really start seeing what we have. I wouldn't be surprised if both of those coaches took that tack. 100%. And then the winner of this game gets to have their first Big Sky win and their first win, period. The loser of this game, though, now it's even harder to to dig back out because even if you're you know one week at a time, yada, yada, yada. They know. They know. And, and being... 0-4 is a lot worse than being 0-3, and, and being 1-3 and 3 is a heck of a lot better than being 0-4. <laughs> so, it's a long road uphill for no, both of those teams, but you got to put the you got to take the first step at some point. you got to take the first step at some point. Northern Colorado, Idaho State, 4 p.m., Pocatello, Idaho, uh, that kickoff. The other one that's interesting is, outside of like the, the games involving the, the, you know, the, the playoff front runners, Portland State, had to do what Portland State always has to do. They had to play a Pac-12 in a Mountain West. They lost 81-7 to to Oregon. They lost 31-17 to Wyoming. Then they drilled North American 91-0. You can't take anything from that game, really. But here's Portland State's conference schedule. They got Cal Poly coming to Portland. Then they're at Montana State. But then they're at NAU, Idaho State in Portland, Eastern Washington in Portland, at UC Davis, Montana in Portland, Northern Colorado on the road. You could absolutely talk me into... 
a three and one conference start for Portland State, but you also have to do that right out the gates to make that happen. You got to beat Cal Poly right off the bat. You have to. You have to do it, and you know I think though that Portland State can actually. You can't take really anything out of the North American game. No, they played pretty decent at Wyoming. They kept that game within a couple scores, and it would have been a one score game. They. They had a trick play that got all the way in the red zone, and then they didn't get any points out of it. So they could have even been even closer. And it's really important, I think, for that team to establish themselves as a tier above the rest of the conference. I mean, we do, Cal Poly has been in that bottom tier for a couple of years now. If you lose to them, you're down with them. You're not making anything out of this season. If you win, though, you take that confidence, right? For them, it's just about, it's about confidence. It's about having a little bit of swagger, just knowing that you're – you're not down there with those other teams. Well, and, and that's the thing about Portland State, too, is the type of guy that they have on their roster, the type of guy Bruce Barnum's recruited, they're the greatest – I think they're one of the best examples of what I'm talking about, the arc of momentum within a season. Portland State, when, when they if they get it rolling, they have a lot of talent. So if they're winning and believing, then all of a sudden, you know, do I think Portland State's going to be in the conference title mix? No. Do I think they're going to be in the playoff mix? Not really. But if, if let's say they were like five and two in Big Sky Conference play when Montana comes to town, yep, they're going to get up for that game, which is not out of the question, right? I mean, y- you know, y- you think okay, just on paper, if you beat Cal Poly, you go to Bozeman, you're probably going to lose the Cats. But then you're at NAU. If NAU's still struggling, okay, and then you got Idaho State Eastern coming to town, and even if Eastern's better than we thought they were going to be. Portland State's Barnum's been great against Eastern Washington, yep. and that's sort of a pseudo rivalry. Okay, at UC Davis, tough one, but you could if if you play your cards right, you could be five and two or four and three with Montana coming to town. You got a lot to play for. At that Everything point. to play for if you're five and two, yeah, for sure. So uh, that's why this first one uh, is a big one. Uh, Eastern Washington, UC Davis. What do you think of this one? Great game, awesome game. Again, it's two teams matched up in the same tier. I don't really know what to make of these teams other than that I think they're both above sort of the bottom tier of the conference that we're talking about. Two teams sort of on a collision course in terms of their season. UC Davis came into this season with a lot of hype. They've played well to start the season, but they haven't really done anything uh, to, to increase that hype, to get the wave behind them. Eastern Washington, though, and it could have been increased if they'd managed to pull out that Fresno State game, but I think having that great effort at Fresno State, they're on an upward trajectory. They're the young up-and-comers, right? Kakoa Vispera's their quarterback. This is his first year. He's making a name for himself. Miles Hastings at UC Davis has been around for a couple years. I think that Eastern Washington wants what UC Davis has this year, which is, I think, a real shot at the playoffs. And that's exactly right. I think that we are both in agreement that there's five not only just playoff contenders, but like pretty much like Big Sky's going to get five teams in. Yeah, Big Sky's going to get five teams in, and I think we have a pretty good idea of who those five teams are going to be. But like, there's a few teams that are that could delineate and get knocked into a different tier. But there's only ever been one league that got six teams in. No, I know. Although the Big Sky should have done it last year. That's right. Actually, that's my, that actually might not be true though. It's, the CAA might have gotten six teams in one time too, mm. but the Missouri Valley's gotten six teams in several times. And for the big Eastern Washington, if they would go on the road and beat UC Davis, now they 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 slide up. Now they're that team that's like 
sitting at the sixth spot waiting to get into that top five, which is going to be an almost guaranteed playoff. And if they go to Davison and beat the Aggies, they're going to do it in an eye-catching way, right? I don't see how they win that game without scoring, you know, 40, 45 points. Right. Without Kakoa Visperus and, you know, there are a bunch of names on that offense. Efton Chisholm III is really the only one who has real name recognition around the conference coming into this year, but they've got guys like, Nolan Ulm at wide receiver, mm-hmm. the the tight end Blake Blake Gobel, the tight end, uh, the running back Tuna Altahir. Uh, these guys are all potential breakouts this year, right? And I think if you're beating UC Davis on the road, it's going to be because you get the ball last. You you basically beat them in classic classic Eastern Washington fashion. You get the ball last, and you go down and you win it 45-42. Uh, just... and that makes multiple of those guys into. Stars. There's also just like a little bit of a history with these teams. They've played a couple of good regular season games. They also played a phenomenal postseason game. The year that Big Sky, the year that UC Davis shared the Big Sky Conference title, and then and then uh, won a playoff game, and then had the misfortune of having to play Eastern. And Eastern, Sam McPherson scored that long touchdown towards the end. Oh yeah. And Eastern pulled away, and then went all the way to the national championship. I know that was four or five years ago, and. There's coaches no, are the same, the co- though. Yeah, the coaches are the same, for sure. Uh, the players are not the same, but that, that just makes sort of the, the arc of it all fun. It adds some juice to the game, for sure. Really important game, really interesting game to follow. I know that Idaho State and Northern Colorado are both still going to be bad this season, no matter who wins and who loses that game. Right. I'm pretty sure that Idaho and Sac State are still both going to make the playoffs this season, right? regardless of who wins right. and who loses Montana that State, game. Weber State, probably same. Probably both of those teams are still making the playoffs, regardless of what happens, unless somebody would have to look really, really bad or really, really good to yeah. alter my viewpoint. Right. UC Davis, Eastern Washington, I'm not saying those teams are competing for the same playoff spot, but we're going to learn a lot about both of those teams. Okay, so let's look, look at then the, uh, the headlining games. We'll start with the Grizz at NAU. We don't know squadoosh about the Grizz yet. Uh, there's some stuff that we do know that's not revelatory, right? The Grizz are really good at special on special teams. Okay, that's of course they are. They've been really good on special teams for my whole life, and they've been exceptional on special teams every time that Bobby Alex has been the head coach, every season. Uh, they're, they're good at linebacker. They're good on defense. Their defensive line depth is really suffering right now. So that's, a, that's an interesting fold coming into this game. And I think they've looked – Subpar would be a compliment of what they've looked like on offense. Wow, okay. I was going to say inconsistent still on offense because there have been those moments shining through, but I would also have said inconsistent about the Grizz offense each of the last two seasons. So, again, it's not like we're learning something new there. Part of my criticism of of the Grizz offense and also pretty much all college football offenses is my own personal bias where – I'm obsessed with the NFL and I watch the NFL all the time. And what NFL coaches and play callers do is get the ball to their best players. And but it should be easier in college. It's exactly easier in college. And guys like Lincoln Riley and the offensive, the innovative offensive minds in college football do it so well. The cats have sort of sputtered a little bit on offense. This, I mean, they were lights out against Utah tech, of course, and Stetson, of course, I thought they were very, very, limited against South Dakota State. I think part of that's because Tommy Block got knocked out. Rewatching it for the fourth time last night, you can see there's a bunch of miscommunications there. All that said, you're exactly right. In college, 
if you got a dude who's better than the dude guarding him, you should try to get that guy the ball all the time, and that escapes these coaches so often. I'm not just dogging on Montana right now. I'm saying in a variety of different college football situations. But when it's third and nine, you should just – it doesn't matter what your play card says. It doesn't That's matter right. what your right. game plan says. If you can get a little motion to get a Junior Bergen or Aaron Fox or a Trips Kalen to White, one side and have that guy alone on the other side. Throw it. Yeah, come D- on. Just isolate it and throw it, right? I mean, it's like with Sammy and Kim. Just have that guy go to the middle of the field and box somebody out. That's exactly – who does this well? Idaho. Idaho does that really, really when well. When it's third and long, moving Hayden Hatton around the formation, then just running him somewhere and saying, get open, and then throw it up, boom, he goes up, up and catches it. Right, and they're going to make you put three guys on him to stop it. Yeah. And if you, and and then if you do, do, somebody Anthony else Woods is open. Anthony Woods Jackson are going to kill that's, that's when you modify your strategy. Yes. But you make them stop something first. To me, though, that's all, all this is to say that the Grizz have this, this sort of polarizing schedule again. They got four conference games where they're, they'll be huge favorites, including this week at Northern Arizona and next week with Idaho State coming to town. They also have four games that are at the best coin flip games. If not, maybe they might be underdogs in three of those four. Hard to say they'll be an underdog against Sac State at home. But what I'm getting at is the Grizz, it's this ironic pressure on them because to get to the point where you have these four premier games that are going to define your season. You have to win all of the other games. So although the Grizz are going to be massive favorites at NAU and next week against Idaho State, these are also must-wins for them because they must win these games to make the other games mean as much as they can. Must win and must perform, right? right? You're not so much playing against Northern Arizona this week. And I'll be frank, I don't think that Northern Arizona has a chance this week. I totally agree. You're playing against the expectations, which I wrote. Yes. And, it, it you know, these are kind of simple games when we're talking about the expectations as compared to the Grizz's first couple games of the season. Sure. They're just bad Big Sky teams. But I think that we got a little tangled up in the, the opening of the season. Butler's a non-scholarship team, but I think that we thought that they, we both thought that they had some real scholarship talent. And they have a sweet quarterback. That's, that's sort of what I'm getting at. Which they have a quarterback who field. wouldn't be out of place in the Big Sky Conference. Not at all. And I think we both thought that I mean, Ferris he was is, the best quarterback in that game. He's the best quarterback in the stadium, <laughs> for sure. And I think we both thought that Ferris State had a ton of players who would not Ooh. be out of place in the Big Sky Conference. Yeah. So you're, you, you've got the fact that this is a Division II <gasps> team playing against you, but they're really good, but they're a Division II team, so you, you got to blow them out of the stadium because right. people aren't going to look beyond the box score. Right. The expectations have just been all kinds of screwy, but I really think that they're going to walk into Flagstaff and then host Idaho State and win both of those games by by 30 or 40 points. But it has been really complicated for them early in the season. Just, just they're not playing against the other team as much as, you know, they're playing against Grizz fans' expectations. So funny because everybody that I've talked to that actually watched the Montana Ferris State game, the number one takeaway was, how good's Ferris State? Everybody that didn't watch the Ferris State game, but that covers the FCS, I heard from various pundits from around the country, what the heck's up with Montana? How they only beat a D2 at home by seven. That's exactly what you're talking about, playing against the expectation. And if people only look at the box score, they can't really read. See, D2, you were down at halftime? Yeah. You needed a couple punt returns right. to get back into the game? Right. Why are you not running over this team? Yeah. It, it's a weird game to schedule. But I also think that you're right. Montana and Northern Arizona. Montana's one of the worst matchups in the league for NAU, and NAU I don't think is just 
very good right now. I think you properly identified NAU's strengths uh, when we were talking with Chris Ball on the show earlier. They yeah. do have a lot of speed on the outside, right? Yeah. How do you get those guys to the perimeter against Montana? Nobody's really figured out that question yet because right. uh, Nash Fouch is going to drop, break through and drop you. That's right. As as Butler found out, and I mean the the Butler coach said that in the post game. That's where we thought our advantage was. We wanted to get on the perimeter. We wanted to attack with our speed. They were not able to do it at all. So I think it is, I think it is a really bad matchup for NAU. I don't really see NAU stopping Montana either, regardless of which quarterback they go with. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. Sac State at Idaho, that's a 1 p.m. Pacific time kickoff, so 2 p.m. Mountain Standard time. This is a fascinating one as well because I think that we've seen, from what I've seen out of Sac State so far, the two overwhelming narratives are, one, they've improved defensively even though they lost the Big Sky Conference Player of the Year in Marte Mapu. <laughs> Andrew's favorite guy who's also now starting for the Patriots. No, I know. <laughs> We didn't nail that one. It's okay. I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm cumulatively with you and being wrong about that one. <laughs> also, though, if there was ever a guy that could use a guy that was a conference MVP in a lackluster fashion better than even he was used in college, it's yeah, Bill Belichick. that's exactly right. And, you know, I sort of saw the writing on the wall when he was getting all the plaudits in training camp. He, every day there was a beat reporter saying, hey, you know who really stood out today? Marte Mapu. And I was always like, yeah, that's fine. He's definitely a pro, but he still wasn't the best defensive player in the Big Sky Conference last year. And then at some point, you just have to let it go. <laughs> you just got to let it go. Either way, though, they look better defensively. They look really good defensively. They have really good athleticism in the secondary. Jet Stanley's a beast. He was the defending Big Sky Conference uh, player of the week coming into this uh, matchup with Idaho. Had three sacks last week against Stanford. Armand Bailey's one of the best linebackers in the conference. So I think they're a lot, their defense is better than last year, and that's what they needed to happen. I mean, they gave up 64 points in their playoff loss to Incarnate Word. The other thing is, though, they've run a two-quarterback system for the last couple of years, and both Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara were really good. Caden Bennett might just be that dude. We'll see. I don't want to hype him up too much, but, I mean, he went off against Stanford, and as Andy Thompson said, and, and you can hear it on Vandals Weekly, and you can hear it on the Nuanas Now podcast, you really can't gauge anything about this guy until he's live in games because in practice they're not they're never tackling him they're never hitting him you, you can't really see his elusiveness he's also like a really cool charismatic guy and so I, yeah, I just wonder if he just didn't have like the gusto to go beat out those other two guys because they were like those guys were such competitors like such in your face those guys were also really good I, I, it's not to me they it's were. not a black mark against Caden Bennett no not at all not at all I'm just saying this guy's got serious juice. He does. And it's just interesting to like see him emerge and then think, wow, there was guys that actually played over him. Testament to them for recruiting a bunch of good quarterbacks. But Kate Bennett is good and could be really good. Like His ceiling is... Yeah, best in I the mean, league. What? Best in the league, right? Walter I mean, Payton, right? I mean, like, really, if he really hit his ceiling, I think he could be a big sky MVP candidate. I agree with you 100%, and I think they've done a really, really good job of utilizing him and utilizing what else they have on offense, right? It's always tough with the young quarterback. He's gotten some some playing time, 
in the last couple of years. This is your first time really breaking him in. What are they doing with him? In games where he's he's struggling passing, they're running him. They're saying, go ahead and use your speed. This is what you do. Uh, they're utilizing Marcus Fulcher really effectively, and they sort of have... Yeah, you called that one, too. He's he's nice. He's, he's really very, nice. very good. And, like, I know they lost Cameron Scadaboo. They're in essentially the same place with their running backs as they were last year when Cameron Scadaboo was the best running back in the conference and Marcus Fulcher was, like, a way overqualified understudy. Yeah. Because they've got Fulcher, who I, I voted preseason all-conference sure. and I think is going to be postseason all-conference. Yep. And they've got Elijah Tal-Toliver behind him, who's, who's the same too. deal. It's yeah. just like... Here's a guy who's going to get five carries a game and take them for 40 yards because he's sweet too. Well, Sac State, if their defense is improved, they're going to have to prove it because Idaho's offense is ridiculous. Okay, really, here's really what good. I think this game is going to be a shootout. Like I said about I agree. Eastern and Davis, if Eastern is going to win, you're in the dome. People yep. are going to be going crazy. Yep. Both your defenses have the narratives around them that they're improved. I think they're going to get exposed a little bit. And they're going to get exposed because they have to go against – Kane Bennett and Giovanni McCoy, who, you know, as we did quarterback power rankings, if you're doing it by proven players, you got to go McCoy, Miles Hastings, Sean Chambers in some particular orcs. They're the only three proven guys. But this could be two of, if not the two best quarterbacks in the big sky. That that goes a long ways. And then you add in, you know, Hayden Hatton and Anthony Woods and all these guys. And you add in Fulcher and you add in all the skill talent that Sac State's got. Sac State's got a lot of dudes. Idaho's got a lot of dudes. This is going to be a fun game. I really can't wait for it. I mean, I, you know, I went, I planned this trip to Moscow without focusing too much on the game because I just want to experience sure. the fan atmosphere and everything that's going around, like around the Vandals' resurgence this year. But I am super duper excited for this game. I think we're going to see some craziness. I think we're going to, see, I mean, if I told you that Marcus Fulcher went for 200 yards. And Caden Bennett went for 150 yards sure. on the ground. You wouldn't be surprised if I told you that Hayden Hatton went for 200 yards, and Giovanni McCoy went for another 100 yards on the ground. You wouldn't be surprised. Totally agree. No is out. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Totally agree. Big Sky Breakdown. Andrew Houghton joined us. Uh, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com for all of your small business and fiber networking needs. All right, one last one. Montana State at Weber State. It's it's interesting because we, we've talked about both these teams so much. And even though Weber State has a first-year head coach, The last regular season game between these two teams is overshadowing all of the other matchup things. It's not how's Weaver going to adjust to slow down the quarterback run game after Tommy Mallott went for 270 last year. It's not how does Kylan Weiser perform against Montana State's approved secondary. It's not the battles in the trenches between two of the best offensive and defensive lines in the conference. It's who remembers or forgets the craziest game of the regular season in the Big Sky last year. It's it's wild, man. We even on Nuanas now we haven't done that much lead up coverage to it, be, other than talking about 
what the heck do we think of last year? Does it impact this year? And more than it anything, can't it, possibly. It, it, it can't at all, right? If you're these coaches, you have to say throw it out. Yeah, you don't remember anything about that game or you're really picking and choosing your talking points that you're taking out of that game because, Coulter, I've seen back and forth games. I've seen games where crazy things have happened. The Grizz have played in a bunch of those games over the last couple of years. Yep. I have never seen a game that was as influenced by... Man, when is the last time you saw a game that was as influenced by one player, period? Like, when is the last time you saw a quarterback have a game that was more impactful than what Weaver State's long snapper did in that game? It's incomparable. I don't think... I, I, I agree. I've never covered a game where there was three special teams touchdowns in the same game, and that was not even the biggest special teams impact in the game because Grant Stans snapped the ball in the back of the end zone four different times. Both teams... The game got so Western that both teams had to... <laughs> abandoned their game plans. So there was no real way to analyze what the matchup even was. And I think that also lingered into when they played in the playoffs too. I completely agree with that. And you know, you sort of forget about the playoff game because that one just looms so large in your mind yeah. when they were in Bozeman in and the regular in, season. And, it was in, and the playoff game was in Bozeman in December, as well. which is just not going to, I mean, you can't the go there. just really aren't going to lose that game. That's absolutely right. Uh, really watching this game for a number of reasons. First of all, this is Montana State's first actual bounce-back opportunity. I know, right. I know that was the big narrative leading up to last week's game against Stetson. You did some great reporting about just uh, in what dire straits Stetson was in. I mean, they, they almost didn't show up to the game. There almost even wasn't a bounce-back And that would have been week. better for them because I'm they like gave up 57 MS, points. I'm like texting MSU people being like, so what is the actual scenario if Stetson doesn't show up to the stadium? <laughs> Anyways, you're right. It's their first real chance for a bounce back. So that's going into it on Montana State side. And again, for Weber State, new coaching staff, new head coach, yep. new quarterback, new running back. Not really a new running back, but he's a new opportunity for DeMond Bankston. For sure. This is, man, I don't know. They played really well against Northern Iowa. They won that game. They played decently well against Utah. They lost that game by three touchdowns. Again, this really feels like their first opportunity to make a statement because the Northern Iowa win was overshadowed by the Montana State-South Dakota State game that yep. happened that same yep. weekend. Yep. It was overshadowed in the next week uh, by Sac State beating Stanford. This is your chance to to take the spotlight. I also... Because of a various personal connections, I've always watched Utah more than most other like Power Five schools out west. Always been impressed by Kyle Whittingham. There's also like a little coaching tree there because Jay Hill worked for Kyle Whittingham. Utah's number twelve in the country. They also though are still underrated on the national level. Their defense is ferocious. What I'm getting at is, thirty-one seven is a great effort by Weaver State, especially defensively, because Utah's nasty. I think it's, I think I guess what I'm saying is Weaver's good. I think the same thing, too, and you know what I'm surprised by? Or not really surprised by, they look the same as ever. I mean, it's the That's same right. as the Grizz. They look better than everybody on special teams. Yep. They look like they're going to scheme a kickoff return for touchdown every game. Yep. Uh, they look ferocious on defense. They're using Winston Reed really well this year. They More aggressively, too. They're blitzing him a lot. They're giving him license to go make plays in the backfield. That's right. And that's a perfect situation for him because Weber State, as always, they look really solid on the back end. I know they lost Eddie Heckard. They still look really great. 
covering people in the secondary. A testament to the stability that Jay Hill brought in the recruiting job that he did there as well, and also a testament to Mickey Mental for uh, putting his own spin on things, but also not fixing what's not broken. Scott Sports, Big Sky Breakdown, Andrew Houghton here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. Anything left to add before we get you out of here? I don't think so. I'm just really looking forward to this week. I'm excited to be over in Moscow. I think yeah. that, that the top's going to pop off that place if the Vandals manage to pull out that game. But there are really good games to follow up and down this schedule again. Other than, you know, Montana, Northern Arizona, I don't know that I would set the spread for any of these games at above a touchdown. I mean, maybe you give Montana State 10 points against Weber. Yeah. I think all of these other games are going to be really close and really fun to watch. Cats are three and a half point favorites. Whoa. Okay. I would, yeah. ta- I would, I would take that. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, maybe we'll do some more Big Sky spreads next week. But uh, thanks for checking in, man. Good to good to hear from you. Yeah, uh, awesome to talk about this. As always, uh, follow me at AndrewH202 on Twitter slash X uh, for outtakes from the trip to Moscow this weekend, analysis, etc. cetera. Uh, coverage always coming to you on SkylineSportsMT.com. Whether you're a sports fan or you run a business, you got to have something to wear. Why not get it branded? Why not represent your favorite sports teams, your favorite high school, your favorite college, your favorite pro team? Why not represent your business when you're out and about your respective communities? Anode Designs can help you out. Anode Designs, our great friend Blake Hempstead, contributor at Skyline Sports. He's the man in charge there at Anode, and they can get you hooked up with everything from Anaconda Copperhead gear to any and every sort of branded gear for your business. Find out more, visit anodesigns.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Anno Designs is located at 421 East Park Avenue in Anaconda. You can find them on Facebook or you can give them a call, 406-563-0121. Where we get all our gear from Skyline Sports, Anno Designs in Anaconda. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. And guess what? Big Sky Conference play is upon us. The non-conference is over. Conference play is coming up. A bunch of big matchups across the league, including two top 10 matchups. Sac State, the fourth-ranked team in the country, plays at uh, Idaho, the seventh-ranked team in the country. And uh, you also got Montana State, the third-ranked team in the country, playing at number 10, Weber State as well. So those are a couple big-time games on the slate. Montana, of course, Goes to Flagstaff, a place Bobby Houck's very familiar with, a place he coached at once upon a time, and a place he's had a lot of success at uh, as the head coach of Montana. And we'll get to the rest of the league slate uh, a little later on. Ty Gregorak joining us here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. Coach, at last couple of weeks we've led with nothing but Coach Prime, and we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But uh, it's Big Sky play, which means you're back on the TV. So how you doing? How you feeling? Yes, yes, uh, good. We just did a little preview show uh, i think it's going to air friday night i've been told um we hooked up yesterday with with jay and kyle mark coach Morningwig couldn't make it um but scott is going to do our sideline stuff uh this year and and, and myself so ben, ben lives in portland so we're all flying in on friday and we'll get rolling saturday night it'll be awesome we're all excited we we all kind of it's been it's been fun for me getting to be a fan for at least two of the last three weeks because I didn't go to Brookings. But, you know, I took Jack's last week on, on a gorgeous Bozeman Saturday, and it's been fun to be a football fan. And now I get to be a football fan, just get to talk about it every every Saturday. So fired up. We're, we're fired, to, fired up to get to work together another season. We were, we thought we were 
really starting to click and jive uh, towards the end of the year, and we were bummed we couldn't do the playoffs. And so we're we're excited, man. We're excited. Well, on the MTN crew, you mentioned Scott. That's Scott Breed, and he's a he's an institution. He's been around Montana sports forever. I used to have a, a show with him on CBS years and years and years ago. And uh, happy to have him back on the sidelines with you guys. That'll be fun to add him uh, to the crew. I know you, you, you've lived a life of football, right? I mean, you played football all the way through college and then coached college football for the first 15 years of your quote-unquote adult life. Uh, does the broadcasting part of it, does it give you the same fix? Do you get the same – It's a lot of times you're jonesing for some football. Do you get the same feelings from broadcasting? Yeah, you no, know, it's fun. I mean, I'll be honest. And, and it's tougher than you would think. I mean, it's, it's well, for sure. take reps. It takes, uh, you know, it takes prep. I mean, I have a, I have a real good feel for the Montana state squad, of course, but you know, you're trying to coach yourself up on the other roster, the other coaches. And, and, you know, we're trying, you know, so the, so the two teams cover, you know, the Grizz and the Bobcats exclusively, but we're very much trying to be a big, you know, a beacon for the big sky. And so we're supposed to be fair and balanced. And uh, shoot, I think that's one of, isn't isn't that what Fox always says? We're fair and balanced. None of them, none of them are fair and balanced. We're going to try to be pretty fair and balanced. Uh, you know, but again, you know, we, we follow each of the Montana schools each week. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, like Weber, this is the dang third game they've played in 11 months, you know. And so it's uh, I, I think what Scripps is trying to do is really good for the league. Because I thought Root Sports used to do a nice job with the production. And I thought Tom Glasgow and those guys were always so good. Um, I think it's really cool that there's going to be at least four teams every week uh and the markets are starting to open up too so it's not like you, you can't it's not like you just have to watch the game on your local television or espn plus uh, it's gonna be a pretty broad um you know view of, of how you can do this i mean like 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 just as an example not only will it be shown here in montana espn plus but utah's also got it on live uh, local tv too so It'll be fun, man. We're, we're, we're fired up. I think Ben does a great job for a guy that, you know, had never done football prior to last year. You know, he'd done a lot of basketball and women's volleyball and uh, some baseball uh, for the Pac-12 network. He does a great job as a play-by-play guy. And um, I, I just think it's going to be – I think uh, hopefully the production quality and everything will be even better this year. Well, we're really excited for it and really excited for Big Sky Play to, to uh, re – Ignite. We'll get to some of the games this week, but let's talk about some of the games last week. Number one game that everybody's looking at is Sac State going to the farm and knocking off Stanford. Not only is it a Pac-12 win for Sac State, but Andy Thompson gets to beat his own boss. And a pretty good start to Andy Thompson's head coaching career. 3-0 and with a Pac-12 win headed into Big Sky Conference play. Sac State, uh, if people were wondering how they were going to transition to their first-year head coach uh, after winning three straight Big Sky titles, it's gone pretty well so far there at SAC. Well, uh, I couldn't believe. Well, I could believe it. That's the thing. For sure. Things, uh, you know, Sacramento State is good. Now, a big chunk of that is because of the job that Troy Day- Taylor did. I mean, they they built a, quite a program there, uh, Coulter and. But yeah, I mean, I texted as soon as that score was final. I texted Andy, and I just, you know, I'm I just so proud of him. I mean, without sounding condescending, I just am so proud of of the fact that he had cut his teeth for so long and finally got an opportunity, and he's taking advantage of that opportunity. I mean, 
I, uh, I know you didn't go to Quest this year, um, but I know you had representation there. You see guys like Jason Eck and Andy Thompson walking around. They look like they're, they're you know, wily old veteran coaches in there. Now, they've also got a lot of familiarity with this league, too. You know, Jason, Jason, Jason's done a bang-up job, and I know that's probably where we're going next with that matchup. But, um, no, these, these, guys, these guys believe in, in what they're doing. They've got a lot, of, a lot of veteran players back, you know, something like 70 players, I think Coach Thompson said, that are, that are at least third, they're in their third year of the program, you know, and that's, that's getting tougher and tougher in college football anymore, you know. So what, a, what an amazing feeling to not only be at a Pac-12 school, an FBS school, but your former boss. I mean, what a great feeling that is for Andy and just an unbelievable job by him, his staff, and his players. And they, they found something here, too. They, they run this two-quarterback system the last couple of years, and they did it so well. And I thought Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara were both really, really great quarterbacks. They complemented each other well. They had kind of contrasting styles. They were sort of ahead of the trend on that, but now a lot of teams in college football are trying to do that. Well, it looked like Sack was going to try to do it as well. In their opener against Nichols, they played both Caden Bennett and Carson Camp. And uh, now, though, the last couple of weeks, it's been Bennett that's emerged and Bennett was great against Stanford. He threw for 279 yards and a touchdown and also rushed for 100 yards and a touchdown. This kid's got some major juice, man. He's a great athlete, and uh, they're using him pretty well. I also think, though, he is so indicative of the fact that I think the biggest question mark about Coach Thompson taking over was Coach Thompson's a defensive guy, taking over for an offensive guy. But as we've referenced on this before, Coach Thompson was a high school quarterback. He's got offensive acumen. He started his college career coaching running backs for Jerome Sowers at, at Northern Arizona, so he knows offense too. And I think that the, they're doing a good job, but the emergence of Caden Bennett has been the thing that's helped driven them forward, especially offensively. Absolutely. And, and you know, he's calling the defense still. For sure. He, uh, he, and, I, he and I actually spoke about that this summer uh, over a cigar at the Quest there in the little cigar bar. I know you know where that is, culture. Um, it's, he, you know, and I asked him about it and I said, are you comfortable with that? I mean, you got a lot on your plate now, homie. I mean, you, being the head coach, you got, you know, the president, the AD fundraising boosters, all of it. Oh, by the way, a hundred kids that trying to make sure getting grades and, you know, doing, doing the deal. So he said he absolutely wanted to do it this first year, just, just through the transition, the defenders are obviously comfortable with his system and they've, you know, I said this, we had our little round table, you know, pre-game Big Sky show yesterday. I really think Andy's one of the best defensive coaches, not just in the league, but in the country at this level. I really do. I think, I, I feel that strongly. Just the job he did at NAU, even, and you and I have talked about NAU a couple times in the last couple of weeks, and we probably should bring him up this week. Oh, geez. After giving up 50, 50 points to former Dixie State, now Utah Tech. Anyway, I think Andy Thompson's a great defensive coach. And I believe he's going to be a great head coach because, you know, does he know, does he know the, the book about offense? No. But as, as, when you're a really good defensive coach, you get, you, you get it too because you're defending it, you know. So he's got great coaches, um, and, and they've recruited well to Sacramento State, man. They've, they've, they've been in the mix now for, I mean, you're talking about a handful of years. That's crazy because Sac State was never in the conversation, and now they're beating Pac-12 schools. It's awesome, man. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, 
Our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. It's totally awesome. The last thing you got, I got to mention is just the continuity there, too, because Caden Bennett, even though he's a Nevada transfer, he's from Folsom High School, and uh, their their offensive coordinator, Sac State's offensive coordinator, Chris Richardson, is he used to coach at Folsom High School with Troy Taylor. So there's a lot of familiarity there with the system. There's a lot of carryover from Troy Taylor. There's a lot of new stuff uh, that is different than what Troy Taylor was doing there offensively, and I think Sac State's got a lot to be proud of. they still got a lot to prove, and the game in uh, Moscow this weekend is going to be a huge prove it again, but uh, couldn't really ask for a better start uh, to the Andy Thompson era there at Sac State. The other two uh, for, that I, I guess there's three more I wanted to highlight before we get into the Montana schools. We don't have to spend too much time on these, but Eastern Washington gets a nice win over Sela. Eastern's just one and two, but they took Fresno State to double overtime, and I think that they've been maybe better than I thought they were going to be. Kakoa Vespera, the quarterback, Looks pretty darn good. That was the key. That was the missing factor last year. They didn't have one of those, you know, nationally elite type quarterbacks for the first time in twenty plus years. I'm not ready to say Vespera is nationally elite yet, but he's pretty talented. And he threw for three forty nine uh, against Sela. Idaho came back down to earth. They were winning at halftime over Cal, but then they ended up uh, the Bears ended up pulling away thirty one seventeen. But still a good non conference uh, for the Vandals. Uh, another familiar name, though, for Cal carries the day. Isaiah Fonse has 22 carries for 137 yards and a touchdown for Cal. So he's certainly uh, making waves as he now enters his first season uh, in the Pac-12. And uh, then the other one we just have to m- note, only because it's just so unbelievably ridiculous, is Portland State hosted North American University. This is the only type of school that they can really get to come to Hillsboro for non-conference games. North American University, by the way, is a uh, tiny little university outside of Houston that's in a former condemned Holiday Inn. That's a real story. And uh, Portland State wins 91-0. to They didn't even score any points in the fourth quarter. Ty, they scored 91 in three quarters. Yeah. It's a, it's a joke. If it's a joke. Honest opinion. Uh, but but you, know what, you know what else is a joke? Portland State going to play in, in Austin Stadium. You know, what was the final? Of that right, 81-7? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just, some of these teams that, you know, have to schedule up for money-wise and, and, and then the, then they schedule so far down, you're like, yeah, okay. I mean, it, it just, let's, let, you know, everyone's talking about Cal Poly being 2-1 and one for the first time since 2016. Lincoln? Where's Lincoln? It ain't Lincoln. Exactly. What, 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 what is Lincoln? You know, Lincoln and North American? Come on. But anyway, it is what it is. I, I think. I, I think for some teams, I mean, maybe even the two ones in the Treasure State. But for a lot of teams, you still don't really know how to quite judge the team. You know, with somebody you go play the University of Oregon and Fresno State and North Dakota State, and then we're going to go play North American and Lincoln, and uh, you know, and it is what it is, man. I, I, I I'm always fascinated uh, by some of the scheduling in preseason. I just, I, I, I I'm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'm old school or if I just fan, – fans to me want to watch other FCS programs. I've always – I've said this now for years on your show. FCS programs should play FCS programs. FBS programs should never play down in my mind. You want to get some early season games, go get Ohio or whatever. You know, I mean, just go, go – but, but you play you play to the level of competition in my mind. Why are D2s 
playing up, you know? Now, I mean, I know we're going to talk about the Grizz game, but I don't know, man. I just, I, I think for, especially for teams like Montana, Montana State, the only, the only thing that can come from a game like that is bad. Like if you schedule down and you don't blow them out, you got you got half the fan base want to run you out of town, you know? And so I just, I, I don't know. I know there's some schools that have to go play the University of Florida for a million bucks and, you know, the athletic budget is right that year. I just, for Montana, Montana State, they get, they're going to make more money just playing somebody at home, you know, and, and but in my mind, that should be an FCS school. But that, that's enough on that culture because it just drives me crazy, I'll be honest. Just, just seeing some of these early season matchups are, 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 are crazy. It's nuts. Well, and it's so unfortunate because it, it just puts into this sharp spotlight of how much money drives all of this, right? I mean, the Cats and the Grizz are playing – Whoever they can get to come play them, and, and you know, I, I think that the just because it doesn't matter who you play, if you schedule a September home game in the non-conference, you're going to sell out the stadium. So that gets you the revenue that you need. So you know, I, I I get from a financial perspective why they do it, but then it also just it, it's not in the spirit of competition. It's only in the spirit of money. And then you look at a, a school like Portland State, like Barney's got to go play at Oregon to get a big old check, at Wyoming to get a decent check, and then he has to schedule some sort of school that he knows will come to Hillsborough to play him and that they might yep. be able to beat. So then you schedule, yep. you know, this downtrodden NAIA school and you beat them by almost 100. It's just, I agree, it makes me so mad oh, too. I don't blame the coaches. Yeah, no, I don't blame the coaches on this. I mean, I, you know, be, hey, I'm sure there's a lot of Grizz Nation that wishes, you know, whenever, how many years ago that game was scheduled that, you know, why the heck was that game scheduled? Type For sure. Thing. But, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I just, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting di- dichotomy, Coulter, in that we've got a conference where you don't play each other every year. Right. You don't see, you don't see everyone every year. You know, we're, we're, FCS football is all, the, the main conversation should always be around money because, because there, there is the money, the money piece is so much dramatically different at, all, at the FCS level than at the next level. And then even within that, you've truly got haves and have-nots at the FCS level. And so it, I just, I, yeah, man, I don't, like, like, like just as an, another example, how great of a game. Now, I, I think Montana State probably should have won the game in Brookings. I really do. I think they, they screwed it up. I really believe that, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. But what an awesome game to watch. As For a sure. Isn't that what you want to watch? I mean, you, you want to watch good games against good teams and to me it's like you've got four schools immediately immediately east of montana in in north dakota north dakota state south dakota south dakota state all from the missouri valley conference all good teams and those are in, in, you know I'm, I'm air quoting regional even though i know a couple of those schools are you know pretty fair distance from montana but they're still border you know border states and we, you know i i don't know man i just that's like Stetson flying 4,000 miles and having plane problems. And I mean, I was down on the field when I'm looking down at some of their offensive linemen. I'm like, boys, thanks for coming to Montana. It's going to be a long day. It's going to be a really Man. long day. So, you know, I just, I don't, I don't love it. I, 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 I've always felt like you should play the, the same level of, of competition that, that you're in. That's all. That's, that's just my opinion. And if you got to say, bring up, bring some pioneer schools. Great. Bring, they're still, you know, bring bring the Stetsons if they want to come. They still count as FCS wins. And for schools like these two in the Treasure State, what's the ultimate goal? 
making a conference championship run, making a playoff run, national champions, period. My last thing to add to this is there was a moment in time when the league first expanded that teams in the league started playing other Big Sky teams that weren't on their league schedules in non-conference games. I liked that. A lot of the teams, though, didn't like that because then it just made your schedule inherently harder, right? If you're going to already have to play eight Big Sky Conference games and then you just throw Eastern Washington and Weber on there, <laughs> your schedule has got a lot harder, but I don't know. It just seems to me that it's not in the spirit of competition. Like Stetson did, it was operating on like three hours of sleep. They, they were 40-point dogs before all the travel mishaps happened, and then you know they get two hours of sleep and eat at McDonald's in between Helena and Missoula, or Helena and Bozeman, excuse me, and you know, they'd come in and get they're down forty one nothing at halftime. I mean, come on, man. It just it just yeah, seems Jordan yeah, Jordan Reed started the second half, man. And, right. And, you know, you know, it's just and a lot of a lot of twos, threes, fours got to play. I mean, I you know, but again, no no program should ever have to go through that. I mean, at, at all. I mean, I, they didn't even get to, you know, some of these teams come up a day early and take them to the, you know. Museum of the Rockies, and they get to see how beautiful our, our, our area is. Well, they didn't. They, that that had to have been the worst travel experience that team's ever going to have. Ever. I mean, it's just brutal. Ever, you know. And and so, I mean, I, I I had to commend. I mean, I our we sit right behind, right behind the visitor sideline, right on the forty-two or whatever. And it was me and Jax, and then we went eventually went down to the field. By the way, Brendan Hall is really six nine. Unbelievable Holy how tall God, he is. That guy is tall. He's so tall. He's got a big leg. But, yeah, I'm just looking at these stats and, coach, and the coaches are trying to coach their butt off. And I'm like, boys, you can keep drawing on that board uh, until you can figure out inside zone, outside zone, and some gap scheme. It's going to be a long day, and it was. And it was like oh, it was only like 78 degrees, but it felt like 90 in there. It was, just, it was hot, beautiful. It was awesome. It was a great day. Well, let's talk about the, the games coming up this weekend. Then we'll stick on the Cats. You know, I, I mean, not a – not a worthy opponent. No offense to Stetson, but I mean, but also a game where you have to get right, and they did get right. I mean, they buried them before the first half was even over, and then they played everybody that they dressed for the game. So they got got right after that South Dakota State loss. Uh, but now they have to go play a team that's it's been crazy games between Weber and Montana State. You mentioned they played three times in eleven months. It was an absolute slugfest in Ogden during twenty twenty one season. Then last year, the regular season game in Bozeman completely out of its mind. I mean, one of the craziest spectacles, craziest games I've ever seen with all the botched snaps on the punts, multiple punt returns and kick returns for touchdowns on both sides. And then they get another rematch in the playoffs, but Montana State's won three in a row against Weber State, and uh, that hasn't happened in a long time. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, on this matchup? Well, I, as, as I was telling our crew last, like if you one, they're they're very they're built very much the same. Uh, their fronts are big. I mean, it's just same old, same old with both these outfits. Um, you know, they're both leaning on the run game right now, uh, trying to figure out the throwing game. But you look at the last three games, Coulter. I mean, seven points, five points, six points. It's going to be that type of game. You know, not now the now the Bobcats have won the last three, but it's just expect nothing less of uh, not, not, nothing but a, a slugfest on, on Saturday night. A lot of time, a lot of time to, to, to be in the hotel and think about it for, for the Cats. I mean, that's a, you know, these, I, I'm, I'll never be a huge proponent for night games. I mean, unless they get 
picked up by ESPN. That being said, the dang ESPN games they pick up on the big sky aren't shown until 8, 30, 9 o'clock or at night anymore. But, no, I just think it's going to be a great matchup. This uh, this new coach, I think, is doing a nice job. They, hey, they, they were they were – they were in a, 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 a heavyweight fight there against an unbelievable Utah team. Now, I mean, their defense is so good, so good. And everybody, you know, most people who are college football fans who uh, watched that first game um, against Florida, and, and, and Florida is is a pretty good team. You saw that Saturday, so I think Utah is an exceptional team, and they went and fought. I mean, as best as an FCS program can fight for a couple quarters, you know, and then it kind of cut loose a little bit on them in the second half, but no, man, I, I just think Weeper's always so well coached. I know they lost a great coach in Jay Hill, but a, a good chunk of that staff stayed. And then this guy was obviously on staff and, and has former uh, head coaching experience. So I think, you know, uh, just seeing guys around town, and, you know, the, 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 the biggest issue right now is health. How, right. how, how healthy, how healthy can, can this team get? I'm talking to Bobcats in the next few days and, you know, I don't even think it's a major question mark on Tommy Mallott. I It doesn't appear that he will go. Yeah, Brent Vegan said yesterday he's out. He's not playing in this game. There you go. So he, he, he the depth chart was released. He wasn't on it. You know, since you know me, I'm an old conspiracy coach. You know, are, are they trying to hide something or not? I mean, he, he said he's not going to play. So he's still coming back from that injury. Some offensive linemen binged in. I mean, they, they truly haven't gone into a game yet with all their ponies. And so – wide receivers, you know, I mean, they, they uh, running backs. Um, so I just, this, this team's got to find a way to, you never, you never want to maintain, well, I guess the fall and call in the season is really the only time of the year where you want to maintain your bodies. I always used to tell my guys, the word maintain doesn't exist. We're never maintaining, but during, you know, from, from September to December, they, they, they gotta, they gotta get some, they gotta somehow get some of these guys healthy because, Right now, they've just they've got some good players that won't play in this game. That's a little scary. Going into, I, I think, a very, very good Weaver State team. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Right down the road. It up. We're talking a lot last year. When they played this the regular season game last year, it was October 22nd, and the Cats had no running backs left. So that was part of it, but there was also a part where Montana State, Taylor House, right, the offensive coordinator, he found some weakness in the Weber State defense. Weaver's so good up front, and they're so good against traditional-style run games, but they were able to find a way to sort of like move the shield and then just gash them with these RPOs that Tommy Mallott was running. And Tommy ended up setting the, the single-game rushing record by a Big Sky quarterback against Weber State. That got completely overshadowed by the kick returns and the crazy snaps and the back and forth nature and just how, you know, drunk that game really was. Um, but I, I don't know, I guess this is where the chess match comes in, right, Ty? On one hand, you'd have to think if Tommy was playing, Weber would have a definitive plan to slow that down. Now his he's not playing, so maybe Montana State has a renewed element of surprise. I don't know, how, what do you think of that element of this matchup? Well, it's, yeah, last last year was crazy. I, I got to believe that, that Weaver State has had 
you know how you used to kind of red letter games or, or put big games on bullseyes and you know, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for the Bobcats. This is, this is more almost you'd think personal for, for sure state after they had the four and they, they, I mean, Weber state, I mean, you, you and I still say, I mean, would, would, would you call that one of the craziest games you've ever witnessed live? One of the craziest I mean, games I've ever covered, man. I've never seen anything like it. It wasn't just the snaps. I mean, you're talking three no. kick returns for touchdowns in the yeah. same quarter. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it, like on paper, the cat, Bob, the Bobcats had every reason in the world to lose the game, and somehow found a way to win by five. But don't think that Weaver State's guys don't remember that. I, I think their linebacker, who's now been, I mean, in true COVID form, has been there since 2017. Yeah, Winston I Reed. Think, I, when, I think Winston Reed's a really good player. I really do. He he, he plays the game. Like we Weaver's kind of been putting those guys out. Like I'll always like biasly. Look at Montana as kind of linebacker you. I know you and your brother love to call it that. But it actually warms my heart when you do because I got to coach a lot of the great ones that went through there. Uh, but that being said, Montana State's got two linebackers playing in the NFL right now, both starting. Our, 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 guy, our guy from Dillon's got to get healthy. Uh, but both making a lot of plays right now in the NFL uh, from the Bobcats and linebacker regard. But I, I love the way Winston Reed plays. That other kid, they got a great DN. Who, who, who's very, very active, and then they're running the ball very well. I mean, the, kid, the kid's got 107 yards a game on the ground right now, which isn't, isn't even close to, the, to second place in terms of conference rushing. So, I, again, I think I, I, these two teams, it's just almost like personal. And, and we always made it personal because we were, you know, my, my last couple years uh, in the league, Weaver was really good. I mean, they, they had kind of become the bully on the block. And For sure. Tough, physical, big, mean but thumping linebackers, big D line, and and uh, you know the, the, the emergence of Montana State and Sacramento State over the last few years, they kind of put the put the kibosh on that a little bit. But no man, it's going to be whew, prime time under the lights, heavyweight fight. Here we go. I, it's going it's to be a good one. I really believe that. D- definitely is. And I mean, the thing is, if if Weber doesn't. If Weaver comes out on top in that game last year, maybe that propels them, and maybe they're in the conference title race. Maybe that knocks Montana State out of the conference title race. There's so many different factors. I mean, I'll never forget Brent Vegan in the post game. He's usually so stoic and you know calm. He was completely frazzled because how could you not be? I mean, the way that the game played out down the stretch was just wild in the regular season last year, and then they got another one in the playoffs. So should be a fun one in August. Ty Gregorak joining us here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. Quickly, Titus, one thought on Montana at Northern Arizona. I mean, NAU, they're the most confusing team that's struggling in the whole league to me. Every other team that is struggling, I can tell you exactly the reasons why. NAU, I don't know. They used to be pretty good. Most years they were at least competitive, and they're good years. They're playoff teams, and uh, they have not been able to find their footing uh, with Chris Ball. Now they got the Grizz coming to town, a Grizz team that I still still think we don't know much about because they played such a strange non-conference schedule. So uh, just thoughts on Montana at NAU? I think that losing Martinez, which I think, you, you, I think we've discussed him, and I think you've felt – uh, as strongly about him as I did. He was a great player. He was a very, very, very good quarterback after getting to, to watch him up close and personal in flag last year. Um, and obviously at, at, at Baylor now. Um, I, I don't know. Cause I, I have a lot of respect for Chris uh, and, and coach ball or coach ball. And, you know, uh, Aaron Flugrad is there. And I've always thought the walk up 
was uh, a, a challenging place to play. It's just a different feel, different vibe. The, the, the dome is different. When, when things are going well there, it, it actually gets rocking really good, really good. Um, but the, but the you know the one the one thing is um, it, you know that that elevation gets you. I mean I I, I don't care how good of an athlete you are. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're coming from Portland, Oregon at sea level, or Bozeman, Montana at 4,500 feet. It you know it, it you look at your you look at the guys you know into that second, third, and fourth quarter. I mean you can harp on hydrating all all week. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's different. It is just different. And yeah, it's, it's, it's too bad to see what's because it, it, the, the, the two, the two schools from Montana put, put what, I mean, what was the combination? 62 and a I mean, hundred, a hundred and a hundred and change points on that team. And then NAU gives a 50 to them. I mean, wow. Okay. So, yeah, but, you know, you, you always want to pump the brakes on that. I mean, one, anybody can beat you on any given Saturday. Two, Montana's a much better team than any of you. Three, just don't, you know, don't, don't get caught in that trap of thinking, oh, we're just going to go whip them because, you know, if you, if for, for a lot of those kids that are, that are getting some of their first and second and uh, starts and they're, they're kind of newbies to the program, if they haven't played up there, it's different. It is just different. So it, it should be intriguing. I do believe Montana should, should walk away with it, but, Man, that, that walk-up Sky Dome can, can sneak up on you at times. He's Ty Gregorak. You can see his beautiful face on the MTN Network scripts all across the Big Sky Conference on Saturday evening. Montana State at Weber State. And uh, he'll join us each week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Coach Ty, good stuff as always, man. Safe travels and uh, have yourself some fun down there in Ogden. I'll see you uh, in southern Utah. We'll be down there as well, so I'll come say hi. But thanks for taking a minute today. That sounds great, buddy. Good travels, uh, safe travels to you, my friend, and it's always good to hear your voice. And here we go. Big Sky Conference is finally rolling. All bullets are live, and every game counts, man. It'll be great. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com apply. Bye.